You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Welcome to the a production of Collective Networks. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining me is Beatmaster Corey is off for the month of November. I think doing NanoRimo. Um, and but for if you want to find more about us, you can go to elsners.com or uh, gncast.com for the mothership's uh doings. And on Elsners, as a warning, we will swear and we will spoil stuff. So you have been warned. We hope you survive the journey. Uh, B, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, good man. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, last week was interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think that was the first time because we we wanted we were going to have a show last week, but. It was weird because oh, I can't do Friday because I went to a friend's party. Uh, they had a Halloween party. Uh, that sort of pissed me off a little bit. Um, and then I went to what would have been the only day Corey could have done it. And then it was like, all right, I can't do Tuesday, can't do Wednesday with like work-related shit. And then Thursday, I went and saw Doctor Strange, and Friday, I'm like, I ain't feeling all that great. Let's just hold off on the show. But yeah, so I am feeling better, and uh, we will we will go on, carry forth, and do a show. Um, so let's get to some news. And this one, I'm actually a little sad that we're not going to get Corey's take on it, because I know Corey was a or is an Alton Brown fan. And this is that Alton Brown is bringing a cooking show to the internet. Now this is a this is a direct sequel to Good Eats. He mentioned this 2 weeks ago on Facebook doing a Facebook live thing and the you could watch the video and it was mainly him taking suggestions from the from the fans from the people who are watching live, which was great. It was great to see that um, and he mentioned that he didn't want to um, show or he didn't want to call the show. Um, oh, what was it? It was like, uh, but that's another show and just do do videos on the things that he that he said in, during Good Eats that would have been another show because that sort of pigeonholed him. And he also said that he didn't want to keep it on TV because of the fact that um, he has full control when it's on the internet. Um, there's not the, oh, well, can you do another chocolate video? We love them chocolate video episodes of Good Eats um, or, you know, anything like that. Um, it will be coming out. It won't debut until sometime in 2017. Um, but it's... I'm really excited for this. Uh, Beatmaster, do you even know who Alton Brown is? No. I read up the article on Engadget, and all, 
most reality TV I'm oblivious to, so I don't follow the characters or the persons on it. But the thing that caught my eyes, the thing that you said, he's now shackle-free and on the internet and can do edgy stuff. Or that, what do you, do you expect from him? How he utilizes yeah. his new freedom? Is he gonna run out of ideas and just go with profanities, or what? What's his? It's so. So let me explain a little bit what Good Eats is. Good Eats was his cooking show. And the reason why I, I came to it so quickly um, when I had finally gotten the Food Network is it wasn't Julia Child's like, now today we want to make you a souffle and, you know, and doing step-by-step instructions on how to do things. Those are fine. Those are good. Those, if you like those type of cooking shows, great um what he did is he he was notorious for teaching you how to use tools how to use cooking instruments in other ways he said the only true what this is a quote they had while on good eats the only true multi or unitasker he had was the fire extinguisher every tool everything he had okay on there could be used to make something uh to do more than one thing the hunter as tom's of cooking then okay um why not he's um he's basically uh, like the bill nye of the cooking world because he he broke down the science of things um and like like for example what makes a lemon meringue pie a lemon meringue pie um and you know how to uh, why you want to uh do these things and, Wasn't there and all that? And I'm just like, okay, it was fun. It was like you're learning here, but yet you're not. You don't feel like you're learning. It's why I loved uh, Bill Nye. Wasn't there a cooking show that has done scientific things to food, like Frozen and uh, other such things? Yeah. It existed before that, not. Yeah, he's done. He's done stuff like that. He's done the things that you wouldn't think of to do with food. Okay. And all that. It's not the um, Guy Fieri. Uh, diners driving to dives where it's some guy and i'm gonna do this and rah and he does it it's doing something different because you wouldn't think to do it that way not doing it for shock value like guy fieri had so where would he go with his new freedom you think what what's the takeaway there? I think there's there's just a big world of possibilities um i think because i think with these freedoms not gonna be like tied down to doing all right like food network okay uh february we're doing this month where we're, we're we're only gonna be talking about chicken recipes or some made up bullshit thing like that it's he it's him and his crew the writing to get to, to where they'll have like okay let's do a episode on beef or let's do an episode on chocolate let's do an episode on alcohol whatever his crew wants to do and then probably even more whatever the fans want to see i think going to be the big thing is we're going to have better fan interaction that's the question the same with the top here the follow-up show so that if the restrictions were the thing that made them so creative or it's really that they were held back, held back by the 
big wigs and now only can get better. It's interesting to see for both if it succeeds because of it or fails because of it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is interesting and I, I can't wait to see it because I want to see what he has, what he could come up with as, you know, as, as a nerd, as a guy who, who looks, who does these cooking shows in a very scientific way. story is from io9 and this is um another screenwriter has left it has to be a tv show um so b you are out of the two of us you have read sandman you probably know more about sandman than i do so why don't you take the lead on this story okay i I'm not going to go into sentiment specifically and bore you with things we already talked about or you heard from various gaming fans because if you meet one, you're going to know in 10 seconds because he's going to tell you. So we're not going to go there. But the interesting thing is that such a project landed with New Line Cinema that you maybe recognize as a great source of horror films like the Elm Street movies and others, classics, but there have also so, some cha- had made some changes, and when they uh, got the gig for doing the Lord of the Rings, they said afterwards that the finances, the budget, th- that it was a loss. Each Lord of the Rings movie, so they're yeah. accountants and they're trying to get money out of the movie production itself, not really caring that much for the intent intended product and that's what is my takeaway that Neil Gaiman and other previous persons that were involved all see that already what we're heading to and that it can't really go anywhere on the movie because you have to split it up after two two and a half hours and that doesn't work with the material it takes a longer time and so it lends itself really well to a Netflix or HBO series as it is a solution for most things that we want to see these days from comics that are a little bit more than just uh, team-up movie or origin stories. And for that, we have all the signs that point towards this disaster, but New Line Cinema won't drop it. They won't listen to that critique of the uh, creators. And so we're going to get a product if you want to or not. Yeah. From reading the article, like glancing through the article, it sounds like this is a little bit more money grab. And this is disheartening for me because when this came, when the big, the news of this came about, you know, the first time, it was that Joseph Gordon Levitt was attached to. I think he was writing it at one point, but he was going to direct and star in the sh- in the movie. Yeah, and then he left, and it's it seems like le- legendary, you know, le- a new line, um, which I think is owned by Legendary Pictures or something like that. But the it seems like they would realize this and then try to sell it or, you know, get the work with a TV studio because I think also they could get more money out of this in my, if I'm thinking correctly. We're talking hundred million to $300 million movies in the comic book world these days. Well, yeah, 
it was there. No, no, don't know if it holds up. But no, we're talking. Yeah. So, but, but we're also mean- talking. We're, we're talking at the very more than likely it'll be three movies because everyone loves a trilogy. If they do TV series, especially if they do it on Netflix or HBO, we're talking multiple seasons. We're talking, you know, maybe five, six, seven seasons if it takes off and you get the right people in there um, to write, produce, direct, act in it. Um, You know, one of the reasons why I love The Walking Dead right now is because it's still, you know, the TV show, it still feels so young and so new to me because of how the actors and the film crew are all in there like um from hearing you know different news articles and watching talking dead and all that stuff it's like all right they still love doing the show so i still and it's one of the big reasons why i still love watching it it's not like it's a oh i'm just doing it for the money and then i want all the monies it's just Let they love doing like it, it. Same with uh, New Line Cinema, and I don't say they were bad because they want to make money out of it. Not at all. That's the purpose of a uh, business. That's yeah. first and foremost a movie business, not an uh, artifarty thing that we sometimes pretend we would like to have, but not really go to the movies that come out from these people. So uh-huh. it's a, a grab that they not plan on a success just to m- uh, make a write-off. Or such things as they have done before, and uh, that doesn't do justice to the material at all, and ignores it entirely. So I don't see that these people thinking long term as you propose, and even then, uh-huh. I'm not sure that the amount of money can equal to that of a successful franchise. But it will be a judge dread or regret. Sorry, the the new one. There's so much potential. Yeah. But it leads to nowhere and so we're gonna be unhappy the fans the studios will also moan and bitch about the fans that bitch and moan about them and uh it will be a massive third i see i see it coming my yes speaking of fans bitching and moaning yes i'm gonna use that as my segue i don't fucking care (laughs) but Fucking autoplay. Goddamn comicbook.com. Um Young Justice season three has officially been announced. Um, this comes after gosh, I mean, when they say years, it's been years. It's been close to ten years since Young Justice came out. And er, and um Young Justice was essentially version of the teen titans this had the except where teen titans was the sidekicks this was the where there were still sidekicks in young justice it was more the younger um younger vert not versions but younger heroes teens coming in here like you had like like miss martian who wasn't martian manhunter sidekick but or something like that um or his niece and was coming in that way to be with with this team to learn how to be an earthling and stuff like that and it it's one of those shows that 
I started to watch and I really loved. And then it just sort of fell off the map for me. Come back and I'm like, oh, cool. And then it was gone. I'm like, what happened? And I think that was also about the time I started getting, I'm like, I looked in up, I looked up the, and did some research and I'm like, they fucking canceled my show. What the hell? So you did watch it on and all that. Cartoon Network, not on Netflix afterwards. You watched it when it was air. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it on Cartoon Network and all that. Um, But the, uh, the creative team, uh, the producers, uh, Robert Vietti, who did Batman Under the Red Hood and Superman Doomsday, and Greg Wiseman, who did Star Wars Rebels and Gargoyles, um, they'll be coming back for this. And it's one of these that I was so excited. I was like, okay, I, they, they have to be coming up with this. And I just, I don't know. I didn't look through to see where Young Justice Season 3 is actually coming out on. If it's coming out on Netflix, if it's coming back to Cartoon Network or what, but overall, I'm just super stoked um, to get more of this because you know, if people eat this up then maybe we could get, you know, season four, season five, you know, we could get these more stories, especially with, this is what I hate about some of the the serialized story uh, series that we've cartoon series that we've had on Cartoon Network, especially the ones under the DC banner. They they have cliffhangers, and it's like, and they're popular for it's like, yeah, they'll come back, they'll it'll be resolved, and um, yeah, girls were watching the show, and so we can't we can't market to girls, so fuck you guys, we're not renewing it. It just seems like stupid shit like that. But the thing is with Netflix, as it's owned by Warner Brothers, I don't know if they're going to do such a fan favorite outside of their own network. So the question I think, honestly, it would, it, I don't see it being on CW because of the fact that it'd be cartoon. It's still going to be cartoon. Um, So it would probably be Cartoon Network. But I honestly could see them licensing out this out to Netflix because they'd be getting money that way. Um, the creators are still there, so it would still be the product that the fans want. And there wouldn't be as big of a risk because they're literally just licensing the characters out to Netflix or, or, you know, creating the stuff for Netflix who would be giving them a big check up front and then probably some residuals depending on how many subscriber numbers they actually got or something like that. Where if it was coming out on Cartoon Network, it would be against a lot of the shows that are on there, like, like going against type. Like even Steven Universe, which is the closest one that I could think of, Steven Universe is still 15 minute episodes and where they do have serious episodes, a majority of them are, are light, are, are, you know, lighthearted episodes with Steven just going around, around the neighborhood. 
you know, it's not, all right, there's these aliens that are invading and we got to stop them. I mean, you, you look at, I mean, look at Teen Titans Go. It's a, it is just joke after joke after joke. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying any of these shows are bad. I'm just saying that right now it doesn't seem like Young Justice Season 3 would fit on Cartoon Network. Netflix is the be-all uh, for, for all these things. I'm just not sure that if if they want to be that or just want to say, okay, we want to come up with our own stuff. But if they have exclusives, of course, that's another value for them just another tool that they can pitch to people that aren't sure if they have enough content for them to be interested in. I think Warner Brothers has enough common sense to oh, know we might to know that, that yeah, to know that more than likely going to a um like opening up creating a new thing is not necessarily going to pan out. Yeah, Jeff Trump I mean, is I mean, not in, look, not in charge. That's CBS. the good thing about it. Yeah, it's a different person. Yeah, look, look at CBS right now with their CBS All Access. Yeah, you know it has a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff in their catalog. You know these throwbacks. It has, I think, every season of Big Brother, um, out there, including the Big Brother Over the Top, which eh, more like under, because no one cares. Um, and it even has the, uh, had the promise of, oh, this is where the big brother live feeds are at. And this is where, you, you know, you could go and get, you know, these other, you know, digital, you know, all access original stuff there. And it's like, eh, it's, it's, it's just one solo market. Like like uh, Star Trek is a perfect example. It's one solo market with them going. Okay, you'll get it here in America on CBS All Access, but Netflix everywhere else. Americans, American viewers, happy. They're like, no, I already pay for Netflix. Why do I got to pay ten extra dollars a month for your show that I don't even know if it's going to be good? You know, I'm going to watch it because I'm a Star Trek fan. Sorry, that's a I just channeled Brad there. Um, send all hate mail to Brad Ludwig at uh on the alien invasion because that was not me. <laughs> but no, I, I mean I'm excited to see this. To be honest, um, I I just yeah, bring it on. All right, and the final story for the new segment is that um the uh, the predator okay no, i've i love that this is an exclusive on collider but the predator does not take place in the suburbs new predator movie that's going to be a sequel and it is going to be uh written and it's also going to be directed by Shane Black yeah and another sequel to the uh, Robert Rodriguez reboot it will be a sequel to the first it's, original john mcteenan version yeah so we may, may yeah see so that's that. good so that, that's the, ho uh, the hope many uh, hardcore fans have that arnie will be back yeah even to the drugs, um 
so that's now I want to get Matt on here for his thoughts on that. Um, but no, so yeah, that's that's actually cool. That is it is going to be a sequel to the original, and um, and we we do know that some of the we do we do know some of the people who are going to be involved, including uh Boyd Holbrook uh from the Netflix series Narcos, Rachel in the film. Um, I don't know who, who does he play on Narcos. It plays uh, one of the federal agents that uh, are after uh, after him after. Uh, okay, okay. Um, and then we also learned that Olivia Munn, who was on Magic Mike, The Newsroom, um, Attack of the Show. Don't you forget um, the big uh, one? Maybe an X Men movie that was uh, not the best. Yeah. Um, is in talks to join the ensemble, and. So this is actually interesting um, for me uh, to a degree because I'm not exactly a, I haven't seen the first Predator. Like I've seen bits of it. Ever, it's like, I have respect for this, this, these movies, but it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to go watch it. Sort of deal. Just for the listeners and viewers, I'm usually in chat and communicate the other way with the people, but I can say here how many times I had to gasp at movies that I thought you had to have seen, but then they, <laughs> they get then remember how young you are or how old I am. So, yeah, uh, Predator it holds up for yeah for good fun. Watch it with some pals and have a good time. And uh, you could you have a government? beat. There's a problem with that. My pals live across you know all over the world. Like I got a pal right now in Switzerland, so I mean that's the problem with like, it's like, all right, one plane ticket. Hey B, you want to watch Predator? <laughs> like there are pages that uh, provide that service, but that's another topic on itself. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, the first movie, Tom McTiernan did also Die Hard, and he was uh, a guy that was against the showing of uh, use of weapons and uh, uh, heavy action just for the fun of showing blood and uh, carnage. And then he went into Predator and you see there's an iconic scene. You have seen that clip that where they just sew down a jungle with their guns, with their heavy guns and yeah. down and think they're going to hit something. And that's just to show them a machismo and all, anything that's wrong with it. And people like kind of like with Starship Troopers, just got the wrong impression and thought that was a great gun show and loved it because of it, even though it was made as a satire on a certain level. So it's it's interesting just for that reason. But uh, when you have some behind-the-scenes stuff on the DVDs and other things, you, you can delve deeper into it, but we don't go in, into here. The main thing is that he also shared with Collider what he has in mind to do with the sequel. And uh, it's interesting that he doesn't want to go the typical route of uh, sci-fi horror. It's uh, the part that he want to insert is fun. And it should be one truth and about perceiving things that human beings very seldom get the chance to see. That's uh, speaking out of the point of view of the characters, not uh, from the viewers. But he wants to bring in a different slant. And did you like Iron Man three as uh, out of the three? Uh, the yeah. Thing? No, yeah, I've. I mean, I, I don't think I've found a 
on a Marvel movie that I haven't liked. Um, you know, and, and I'm including the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, the uh, um, you know, the the X-Men films, you know, anything that was made by Marvel, with the exception it's- of Apocalypse, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen the second Ghost Rider. Uh, last uh, movie. There's a, the, like out of every every or the uh, Edward Norton, uh, but that's more of that's a good one. Like, yeah, I caught it weird. Like it was at a weird time. But I mean, I like honestly, I looked at like man, the Iron Man three. That was a good. That, that was a good story. It was a different story because it that's wasn't... It. That's the point. He has a different angle and brings it into the existing premise and doesn't change it up that you don't rec- recognize it, but you see that he brings a different yeah. tonality and everything. So I've, I'm good hopes that the thing goes f- much farther than Rodriguez did. Though, if you don't haven't seen that one, the new one, it's also a fun thing if you want to see Adrian Brody in his prime. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in this nice um but yeah i mean i say i haven't seen it it's not like i'm not excited to go to see the movie it's just like like all right it's one that you know i will go see it more and i'll more likely go see it in theaters if I, if friends are like hey you want to go see predator i'm like and sorry for reminiscing the past i forgot buried the lead there that it won't be about the predator being in the suburbs like uh, some some THR uh, report did have a source that told him that and that will not be the case. Ensures us that that won't be that. And just to f- completely tell the story that we uh, began with, that won't be the case. So it will be a different setting that what you may he- hear of of different pages. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now it is that is it for the news. The Sci-Fi Survival Guide is a podcast like you've never heard before. It is part of the Galactic Netcasts, but that is where the similarities end. It's a sort of audio feast. A theatre of the mind. You can find out more by going to www.gncasts.com slash survive. Maybe you will find out how to survive a nuclear explosion. Or maybe when the hordes of zombies come knocking at your door. Each month we will take a popular science fiction scenario and I will tell you how to survive. Be prepared at gncasts.com slash survive. And we're back and this is nerding out this is where uh, myself and beatmaster will talk about the things that we've watched watch listen to um that we've been nerding out over the past week and um 
be i'm gonna let you go first because mine um we'll go chronologically here how about that so yours came out yeah yeah before mine so you get to go seen the better movie it's okay you can we can say that openly no no it, this is on my list i do want to go see star trek beyond mainly because i want to be like oh yeah that was a really good scene because at target they play the fucking commercial all the time and it's like yeah. yes i want to get the target lit the target exclusive box that has the uh there so i can put so i could you know feel like all right i'm gonna put in captain kirk or i'm gonna put in uh anton yelchin because you know he he is no longer with us and stuff and you know just stuff like that it's like i get it i want like i want the movie shut up so people know <laughs> I work in retail as well, so we know each other's pains very well. And we have a full wall of TVs, including several speakers, all with always the same trailers repeating on a loop for eight to ten hours. You go crazy. <laughs> <sighs> but the other part, it's. I would, I would, to be honest though, I would take yours because yours at least is in a different language. And it's like, I'd have that joyful nope. bliss of not knowing what a fucking word was that was said there. Nope. Muting. Muting. I'll have James Corden and then I'd be like, hey, James Corden, because I recognize a laugh. Well, something like that. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I had to I hate to tell uh, things from other uh, movies, but the first Star Trek that reboots that J.J. Abrams made was okay movie it showed a possibility that you can refresh the material and get excited again about star trek and i had little to no issues really with it and it was entertaining but the second one is the one i despise it is wrong on so many levels that it would take an hour to, to talk about it but the main thing is that they forgot <laughs> what the characters and some of the messages are about and of course, every Star Trek movie was like that different. There were two exceptions. The motion picture, first one, that I can compare to 2001. It's like you, will you all say, oh, that's a bore, it should be more action and everything. And uh, Insurrection was the other Star Trek movie from the Next Generation crew that had the appeal of the an episode done in the full length, feature length. And so these are the two only Star Trek movies out of all that they were really in, uh, in the spirit of Gene Roddenberry. So I, I'm but not they hating. they were or were not? They, they, they weren't. Uh, he was uh, not a guy that made a religion and said, anything has to be like that or it isn't like my imagination. No, just saying that, that the movies departed from the TV shows. And that's from the, with the car crew, the Picard crew, it was always the case. So I can... Uh, see the appeal for newcomers that Star Trek delivered with mm -hmm. Chase Evans version, but is it, it was the fear that we would only have that and nothing else because there was no TV show coming back then. Yeah. And with the second movie, it was like seeing Spock punching a guy out of rage and other f things that were so not in. <sighs> what we were expecting from the Star Trek, that they had the fear that that's all we get, uh, a thing that ha has just visuals and lens flares that you can see any scenes. And so mm -hmm. I said, it was dead for me. 
Then Star Trek Beyond yeah. came out and they said Justin Lin is going to direct it. I was like, fuck no. I saw the trailer. <laughs> I saw a motor, a motorbike going, uh, riding motorbike through the scenes and I was thinking, is this Extendables 3 or is that Star Trek? And then we heard <laughs> Beastie Boys again. It was Fox. Yeah. Uh, why? And then I didn't had any expectations of the movie. Didn't plan to see it and then went in like a north day and there was almost almost no people inside, so we had the whole area to myself. And there were moments in this movie, can't spoil that much, that I was really standing up and yeah, fist pumping, saying that that's what I want to see from the things. And all the things that in the trailer made me think that will be a shit show beginning to end. It turned around all the expectations. Thankfully, Sam Peck was really, really aware what was wrong with the previous ones. Couldn't say it openly. He always defended it, but he conceded that there were things that could be optimized. He, he's yeah. a nice guy. He won't go against the stream and say bad things about other people. So I respect him just for that alone. But he did a good job there with the script. And it felt like something you can build up to. The other things weren't like that. They were like standalone Star Wars preview shows. But this movie had the story that you wanted to follow through, not just get from one point to the other. You had the evolution of characters. You had much more scenes with, with the bones that were priceless. And in itself, the elements that they brought in to uh, freshen it up were fully serving the story, including the producing uh, break, uh, sabotage from the uh, Easy Boys. They put it in the movie in a way that it was logical, that made sense. Yeah. And it was, they were like, Okay, I I'm ready to accept that shit. Uh, I love Beastie Boys, but uh, well, the, the anachronism anachronism was well explained, and even a small note that he said a good pick because somebody else picked it as a song to combat the enemies. And he, in the first movie, as a child when he was running away in a car, was listening that same song. So the, it went full circle with the first mm -hmm. one, and then. I can still <laughs> get along with uh, Into Darkness. It doesn't change the opinion on that. But when you see it as, let's go from here on out, then you get a better experience, in my opinion, than dreading through Into Darkness, because it doesn't really matter in the context. Yeah. So I will say that um, I, I do like to hear that, that, that or not into darkness that star trek beyond does have because that's the fucking trailer that they play in target all the time it's it does show off that in bones um and it is done to the beastie boys and it's like and i'm i'm glad to hear that it makes sense aspect that i didn't like with suicide squad threw in spirit in the sky just because they were in fucking helicopters and i'm like no no it made sense in guardians of the galaxy 
that or the sensibility of the trailer park guys. Yeah, that's that's yeah, not. You're right. stretching here to put. Oh, we're in. They're in choppers now. Let's put in something that talks about the sky. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. No, no, that's too cheery. What about? Uh, okay, let's do that one. Sort of deal. I have no idea what the fuck that voice was, but I kept it. I'm doing it. They should have called <laughs> magic carpet ride, but yeah, that's not. Yeah, just the only thing that I made me sad that they had Idris Elba, such a actor in our days, maybe one of the finest we have, and then he was not written poorly, but there wasn't much there. It had a little bit uh, thing of the Marvel villains, but even then they explained his reasoning from a dumb brute to why he went became what he is and what his uh, back history is. I can't spoil that because it comes at the very end. Uh, a wasted uh, talent there, but that's the only minor thing that comes to my mind because it wasn't bad. It was just yeah. not up to snuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's understandable. Um, and hopefully they, hopefully they'll be able to do better writers for the fourth Star Trek movie in the Kelvin universe or whatever. Yeah. Um, they thought, and uh, Evan is asking, um, you know, thoughts on Sulu being gay. For me, I don't care. It's it's like okay, congratulations. You know whether they did it for to George Decay or what it's like he himself okay. said they did it for the wrong reasons because of that because it was not the character it was the actor that had that but the, even that they treated it very well it was off scene just a small hint and done and then say what's the fuss all about and you get over it it's like I had with the trailer problems it's a small thing that you Versing uh, making uh, uh, out of proportions, and then in the end, it's it was nothing. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, so my movie, okay, beat or on before I go to my movie. So, beat, would you recommend this for other people? How would you rate this? I give it a seven and a half out of ten. It's that's a good one because I never give tens and. Buy the DVD or Blu-ray. That's the link that is in the show notes. Be helpful to the Chin Cast Network and provide us there with some money, please. Bang! Cheap pop. Sorry. Um, all right. So my movie is one that is currently in theaters, and I believe said opening weekend made thirty-two million dollars um, of nine dollars and seventy-five cents, of which was from yours truly, and that is Doctor Strange. Now, the spoiler-free review of this is movie in 3D. If you can, see it in IMAX 3D. See it, but at the very least, see it in a 3D theater where they, where the brightness is, is changed. So it's, so you're not watching a, an overly dark movie because Oh, and also, uh, don't take drugs before watching this movie because you will have on here. I don't take drugs, and I'm like, I am tripping balls, man, throughout some of the scenes here. Um, 
so this uh depth review uh you will be warned there's spoilers here so or you know so you are warned this movie um if you couldn't tell by the spoiler free review um the i really enjoyed the actors i enjoyed all everyone who was in here i did not have any qualms with benedict cumberbatch's american accent i felt like it worked i i like i was that was one part i was excuse me a little worried on fact that he was in a movie two years ago where he was playing a guy from boston and i heard i I didn't see the movie but i just saw the clip i think the daily show so i got like the daily show or, or graham norton and they played a clip and i'm like can we better like it it was i didn't like that accent but this one i'm like the fuck he's british like i didn't know he wasn't like it was i forgot that benedict cumberbatch was actually british um in this because it was that convincing to me um there's a couple easter eggs that were mentioned throughout the whole thing loved the most was it, it, and this is an origin story for Doctor Strange, but the one I love the most was the Civil War tie-in. I, using my I can foreshadow thoughts, I'm like, we're going to have a great little Easter egg where Tony Stark punches Doctor Strange. One of the case files was uh, was uh, Rhodey that he was going through in his car while he's like, all right, next one, because it was like a what a thirty-four-year-old military man. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you serious? Oh wow! It's like next, don't even care. Um, apparently there was also a Easter egg for Captain Marvel, which was neither confirmed nor denied, but I missed. But I like this movie. It was really great. It was really, um, like how they told the story, how they how they did the the dichotomy here of uh, of the uh you know dr strange as a doctor and having all these having all these things having you know this this extensive watch collection and living in this um you know this big high-rise apartment in new york you know very much like you know he has money to the desperation of getting his hands back and then you get to the uh you know him going to work with the ancient one and learn how to do magic but it was and we're back sorry about that problem there folks like i was saying the mirror dimension is seen in the trailers um it's wherever the you see the uh uh new york going in 90 degrees and how they did that it's i really enjoyed that um great fight scenes that screen but they did it in such a way that you wouldn't that i for one want to see how they did the green screening um just to see like if if they did layerings or what but yeah, the visuals were stunning. I love the story. 
um i love the two end credit scenes um the first one but it's the it's the one that taika waititi directed for um and it's a setup for thor ragnarok and then the other one for a thor sequel and if you miss the second one it's okay or well if it's okay if you are a comic book reader because it doesn't surprise you um especially when getting a being a recognition for like you know you know in the animated credits actually a cameo you know it made sense more after that second credit I'm like oh that's why he got credit and also there was another little easter egg that i will share of don't text and drive they put that in the end credits and i'm like well it makes sense because essentially he was texting and driving um while driving a lamb uh, really expensive lamborghini and then crashing it and i'm like oh no the sadness so much wreckage but yeah i would highly recommend you go see the movie um have it in the winter movie draft so i have no skin in that game of go watch it so let me be the grinch here and give you three questions but uh, you can say if it's okay or not is the villain worth it is it a real villain that you love to hate that has some um, real reasoning behind him? yes I, i would i would say so um with the uh uh Caecilius, um i believe it's how you say his name uh the mads mickelson character he is he's not a villain in the aspect of in a way um where it's like okay he's doing this against against he's a villain in that he is doing he's he's more of a villain in the aspect of cobra commander doing this thing these things for his own good for what he thinks is his own good as i think of robert chicken sorry <laughs> and even even with dormammu dormammu is a villain in there as well and that's a great scene that i am not going to spoil but i mean I really I really enjoyed this. There's great fight sequences in there. The vill- the villain I do think the villains were handled good. I don't think this is necessarily like how the movie sort of ended. I don't think we're going to see Caecilius again. Like I could see them bringing back Dormammu. But I don't know. It's it's I like they they've set up it with you know with other villains that again if you read the co- if you know the comics you can tell who is going to be the next villain and i i think it was a very logical thing it was not only an origin story it was an origin story for all the characters here it was an origin story for wong it was an origin story for a uh, baron Mo- or for mordo it was an origin story for the ancient one for dormammu that's all the part that Marvel movies sometimes lack all in the uh, in the origin movies that they have a slow burning start and then they gather their power or go somewhere and then they 
introduce the villain or the situation they have to resolve in a manner that it's then only dun, 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 action without real uh, pause so that you have a there's not really that though it's, it's not, okay yeah, there's not really that i mean it's you you set you start off with the villain you start off with uh, uh mads mickelson's character and you're like okay this is the guy who are who's obviously the bad guy because he did bad things and then you get Doctor Strange's origin, you know, with him being the surgeon, like him getting, you know, getting loans and trying to do all these different Western medicines to get his hand to repair his hands. Then going to uh, Kathmandu to be trained by the Ancient One, see him learning like just learning and learning and learning and then comedy ensuing in that way, especially once he is able to get um, to use magic, to use the sling ring, which is the goal. It's the thing where you seem to go like this ring on and they open up a portal and <laughs> fingering into portal. That's Sorry. a new term. Okay. I've got to share this one part because there's a thing with Wong you know, because he's just called Wong. He's played by Benedict Wong. And Doctor Strange is like, so it's just one name. You don't have a last name. You don't have a first name. It's just Wong. It's like, yeah. So like, or Madonna or Beyonce, he doesn't react to any of this. And he's like, you know, you know, my people think I'm funny. I'd love to hear you tell a joke. Like there's that moment, and then they cut when Doctor Strange is trying to learn, and he's wanting to learn for these from these forbidden books, and it's behind, uh, it's behind Wong who's listening to Beyonce, who's I believe he's listening to Single Ladies, and you just got like <laughs> using the sling ring, hand come in your book, pull it out. He's like, sort of deal. It's great great comedy great moments i don't know it's it's one of these with, with hearing dan Harmon wrote some of the stuff for here it's like okay did he write all the comedy parts or like i have to imagine some of this was c robert cargill and the other two writers that were you know were involved with this well um i plan to go see it anyway just uh, think think aloud what the usual weaknesses are even of movies that i really really like like Guardians of the Galaxy, but you have to recognize some things that Marvel repeatedly does, and that's the thing that they even waste uh, female characters that they don't write them really interestingly. Like I heard, the love interest isn't really deep in this movie. She's, yeah, she's not the deepest. Like she does have some depth to her. Because she's uh, his former love interest, um, but I'm trying to think like if she'd pass the the Benchel test. I think she does, but she's 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 not used a lot. It's and I'm I'm blanking on her name. Um, not Amy Adams, uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, her character, and I mean it's not, you know, she's not bad. Or anything like that you know it's is what she is she's no chain like here. thor isn't that bad oh yeah she's not no point oh help me i'm the damsel in distress and it, it's it's more night nurse than 
you know, it's it's more Rosario Dawson in the Netflix series with all these. Okay, and, which is great. I, I I would prefer that over the Jane Foster of, I'm smart. No, I'm in. I'm not. I need help by a hunky Australian as guardian. Sort of deal. Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok. That is Doctor Strange. Uh, that is currently in theaters. And that is it for nerding out. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen. Find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And this is it is time for our discussion topic and our discussion topic this week is uh, the flash movie loses um, loses the dope director Rick uh, Fumiawa and this is that he's the second director I believe to exit uh, exit the movie uh, because of creative differences. Um, the first, the one before was Seth Graham Smith. Um, but I, I was, it was interesting that, um, the, it's, it seems like the, the movie, the executives at DC and Warner Brothers didn't like the vision that, that Rick, uh, uh, Fumiyawa had. Twitch. You know, he wanted, I guess, he, yeah, he wanted more edge. It's not like he also wanted humor in there, though, too. Um, but I don't know. It's I'm I'm so interested. I'm so interested to see who they get because now that they've got what five months, five six months to find to get a director before they could start pre production. Um, or no, before they start the film, this is that their start dates in March for filming for and to, for it to be released next, you know, March 16th, 2018. But I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. This is quickly seeming to be this is worrying me a little bit here because of the fact that I mean, there's a busy guy, you know, busy young actor. So, and like he's got you know a commitment in July from the from what the article says, and it's like, are we going to see the Flash take a back burner here? For various reasons, Is, yeah. Could the Flash be DC's Inhumans? It's it's such a weird world that the TV version uh, trumps it but yeah anyway from what we have seen but well let's see with Justice League maybe there's see when people react to his character they 
put it on the express line and then we, on the fast track and then we see but uh, always these creative differences are always around marvel had it too with uh, thor 2 uh, changing the director metro and uh, we had the same with um, ant-man yeah and uh, it's nothing that, it's nothing unusual it happens to movies but the bigger vision that that seems still to be lacking there in the higher ups and jeff jones that who's overseeing it is had written him for over a decade or along that uh, and he he knows the material he knows what the character is about but he isn't the director and he is for lack of better words not a he doesn't adapt he, he never did bring something from the pages to the screen or something like that so yeah who is the person there we always come back to that where who's the kevin feige of dc and jeff jones is supposed to be the answer but i i can't see it he if he i can still see push. it i could still see it because i mean we, we don't know as you know normal peons what exactly uh uh fumiawa's um how edgy it was going to be um hatred and suicide squad will be an accomplishment so yeah why i mean it's it's it, it sounds like you know he pitched you know this is a quote that he said you know he was excited to work with ezra miller who was a phenomenal young actor i pitched a a pictured version of the film humor and heart um so i mean it, it sounds like if you are uh jeff johns and the other producers have to find a director whose vision matches yours and someone who can you know they're not gonna because maybe you know maybe, maybe rick uh famuyua I, I i'm blanking i'm butchering his name and i apologize but you know maybe his you know vision you know with with being edgier more edgier would would have been we would have been like they do to the flash you know i would i would rather them no like saying no now then all right let's do it and then it get destroyed by the audience to get destroyed by the fans going because i know plenty of people who who love the flash and would hate just absolutely hate to see the flash a way that is not the flash you know where you know yeah there are a lot of people who who like batman who like superman and didn't like the takes that were made with the movies they step different because of the fact that they're too popular you know there will be people who are like i'm a batman fan do you read the comics what are comics sort of deal and the things for kids and it's like they watch the movies you only watch the tv shows you only watch the cartoons and stuff like that yeah 
I, I, or this, I get that, and it's it's more of you're going to have the comic fans. Go ahead, Pete. It's a very understandable understandable viewpoint you have there. But Ken Smith told when he went to the, on to direct uh, Flash episodes, the producers there or people that were around show around said, finally somebody that cares about the character or is a fan of it. Then yeah, oh, so it was always a paying gig for the other ones, and they just did their bloody job. But bloody well, and it's a job. So I want to have artists and stuff like that in movies. But you, a movie studio, gets an art uh, director to sh uh, and let them do his movie. When you go into a franchise movie, they don't call you as the visionary. They call you as the working director that executes the moving targets they always change with every new movie they say oh we missed that point you need more humor or we need more edge and no we told it back it was too much and so th th there's a difference and that's just how things are that's nothing bad or nothing good is indifferent but uh, then there has to be someone that screams uh, bloody murder when things <laughs> go or or and uh, jeff jones is supposed to be that person and whatever i have read of what he did on page like goyer he was also involved in comics writing them and everything but he isn't the best shepherd of of the uh, movies so you can't be too close to it to to recognize it and for that i give him i hope the best because i love flash as as most people do even before the show but uh, even more after that but we will see with Wonder Woman because if that doesn't break that limit, they see their threshold. Many things will get a back burner, not just Flash. So yeah. it doesn't yeah, matter more if if Wonder Woman doesn't do well, then I could see them going, "All right, we're starting over, we're recasting, and we're going to do a Batman because it's safe." They might actually just keep, you know, okay, we're going to keep, we're going to go, we're going to focus head-on into the Ben Affleck Batman. And, but then it's like, at that point, you then have to go, okay, to, to step back and organically think of how, you know, actually think about how you're going to do this extended universe and don't announce the whole plan for the next seven years. Okay, we're doing this movie. And then if that does well, all right, now we're doing this movie. And then, you know, and you work from there. Yeah. Um, we don't right. want things to fail. Just don't get that impression that we are fans of one or the other comics. We're a fan of comics. No. And we are fan that I'm a fan of, of art. Yeah. I am a I am a fan of art. I love reading comics. In fact, right now. The only thing that ticks me off, and it's more because of the fact that it, it suffers when I do my segments for Galactic Radio. I do not like DC's, we're going to do two two issues a month. Because it's like, hey, Gregor, can you get the thing? Because I'll forget. Can you get me the latest pull list? I'm like, all right, let me check it out. Fuck. Listen, this is not me complaining. This is just me stating a fact. Because it's always like, all right, from DC Comics, Action Action Comics number two or number nine sixty five, nine sixty six, nine sixty seven. Because every time it's like, 
Um, but no, I mean, it's, I want to see great things. I love, I'm, I'm the optimist. I'm the growing up. I was the kid who was like, I actually like the prequels looking back at him now. I'm like, um, but that was true because I was 11 or 11, 14 and 17, I believe when they came out. Um, or no, 10, 13, and 16, that's what it was, um, when they came out. And I know, I know, I'm, I'm dating myself, I'm making you feel old there, beat. But it was one of those things, like, I look at it as a 10-year-old, and I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. I look back at it, and I'm like, it's that whole thing. Sort of deal. And I don't want to see these things fail. I love these things too much to be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But again, we're so, fans. Don't screw with us. Yes, we are fans. All in all, we are fans. If we if we were not fans, we would not be talking about this here. We wouldn't care. Yeah. So just like you guys, uh, Galactic Netcast has bills that we have to have paid. Um, we got to keep these lights on because otherwise we're talking in the, and we're talking in the dark and it just gets creepy after a while. So we, I'm going to share two ways that you can do this. You can support us on our Patreon at. Uh, Patreon.com slash Galactic Netcast, I believe is it. Or, you know, the simple one is going to be the link for both. They'll get you to both. GNCast.com slash support is by clicking our um, our Amazon affiliate link. You go in there, you find buy on Amazon because you're already there now. And just like 3% of it, it doesn't affect your price, but 3% of it goes to us make money it's for to help dave keep the lights on in the place you know to keep galactic netcasts afloat and all that stuff and again i i, I encourage you go if you want to do the patreon thing that's great go to the patreon thing but the big one for us is the amazon uh because you're already shopping on there it's like why not take some money from from jeff bezos and give it to dave nelson <laughs> Um, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. We encourage all calls, all emails. Um, or you can email us mail at elsenerds.com. All subscription options and links can be found at slash subscribe, including a way to get onto our Slack channel, much like Growly Bear did. Uh, got on there uh, recently. Um, welcome to our Slack channel there, Growly Bear. And you could join. Uh, you could find all of the Galactic Netcast stuff or network stuff by work. Um, and you could follow the show on Twitter at Elsnerds. I'm at that Gregor. Corey is at Don't Ask Comics, where you can find all his stuff. And Evan, our producer Evan, who has been sitting there listening to us, is at Mister Underscore Fusion and Beatmaster. You can find everything about him at Beatmaster eighty. The only thing that's left to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time. Or else. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.